it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. So I'm about to have an absolutely fascinating conversation, as are all my conversations, with Regina. But oh, I didn't. I asked you how to pronounce your first name and not your second name. Burn. Burn. Oh, it's quite simple, um, but I, I do get a bit paranoid about pronouncing names properly. Regina. Regina is in quite near, anyway, to Dundalk in beautiful Ireland. So actually, just um, but well, I will just say Regina is a mentor coach and she's going to tell you way more about how that pans out and it's going to be incredibly relevant to all you listeners when we start talking about having real conversations and all sorts so before that because you're in such a beautiful part of the world can you just paint that picture for us a bit Regina thank you very much Trisha. well I am I'm in a very beautiful part of the world um, I'm on the Cooley Peninsula on the east coast of Ireland um, we're where I am, I'm only about five miles from the border. So all of that uh, description of Brexit and all kinds of things, uh, you wouldn't know it. You can bump over the road and over you go, you wouldn't know. So looking out onto Carningford Lock, looking over to Warra Point, more mountains, and uh, I'm five minutes walk from the sea. Oh. So it's a very beautiful part of the world. It is just outside Dundalk where I was born and reared and then I moved away for many years. I lived in the UK in London and then in Scotland in Edinburgh and 10 years ago I brought myself back home and uh, loved where I am. Just it's, in your, it's in your blood. It's, it you, is. It was in the bones. Yeah. The call yeah, was there. In the bones. I have been, I said I'd say this, I have been to Dundalk and I guess the thing is that not everybody you speak to has been to Dundalk. You no, know, absolutely I, not. Most people born. skip it by. Dublin yeah. and South are each 50 miles <laughs> either side. So actually that's quite often how I explain it. I say, Dundalk. <laughs> 50 miles from Dublin, 50, right in the middle. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, I went there for a very, very specific purpose, which was back in the, oh, crikey, 80s. It was um, at the Dundalk International One Act Play Festival. Um, is it still going? I wonder. No, the, no, maybe it was part of the Maytime Festival. Which, uh, Who knows? It was, it was a big event, so people from all over the world, and it was... Um, <laughs> and I actually came away with a Waterford Crystal Vase as the uh, best actress <gasps> in, the, in the entire festival. <laughs> so, yeah. so I had to get that in, Regina, which is absolutely, absolutely wonderful. I will pound up and down the streets, Trisha, for the next for the next couple of days till I find a plaque that says <laughs> here and she got the award for the best actor. I I I find that. If you well, if you don't find it, just get one. Back. I make one. That's what we need to do. I make one for you. So enough about that. But I do, I do just love finding little links and, and associations and connections. And in fact, that's probably what we're going to be talking about. So, you currently mentor and coach all sorts of 
managers and individuals. Um, yes, why would I be talking about what you do? Because I'm not you. So first of all, just to get, make that more succinct about what you do. Patricia, I work with, I, yeah, and it is a range of people. Mostly, let's say, if we take business as a starting point. So I might work with the business owner, um, working on their business, how they manage themselves, how they manage other people, where that applies. So a lot of the work I do is about communication and leadership, making it simpler, making it more straightforward, making it more human. Um, one of the things I find is the minute we talk about leadership or management or business, it's a bit like we all feel like we have to step into a completely different persona and be something completely different and play by a different set of rules. You can even hear that in my voice. You know, we, we, we kind of create that sense that it's something outside of ourselves. And in order to be good at it, we must leave ourselves behind and step into it. And what I love to do is to have people recognize that whatever they bring to it, whatever their strengths, and quite often people really need to understand their strengths, and whatever their weaknesses, we all have them, but it's understanding that actually they don't have to define everything. And it's helping people see that and be themselves, be themselves in the most positive ways, by embracing that, really embracing that, um, and practicing skills, practicing doing things better, all of that sort of stuff, but not trying to be somebody different. Well, that's like, you know, that's music to my ears, as they say. And in fact, everything I saw on your website, when, when for a start, I saw communication really is everything. Uh, there was a bit more to the sentence, but that was enough for me um, as a communication coach. And when I saw worlds like real and human and relevant and all all of that stuff, I thought, yes, this 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 is my kind of a um, a, a woman. And because you are a woman, I nearly thought, is that politically correct to say woman? I thought, what a ridiculous world. <laughs> <laughs> if we're not coming across such a really really clear example of what we're talking about here yes yes fear of saying the wrong thing fear of getting it wrong fear of being tripped up um and that's what i find that actually stops people quite often in in work and maybe it doesn't even have to be in corporate in small businesses where you know somebody said to me last week something like um they had a member of staff who was late all the time and uh, I, uh, but I'm not allowed to say it. Why would you not allowed to be allowed to say it? Uh, because we, we've got to be positive all the time, and uh, you, you know you, you, you're not you, you don't you don't criticize people. Uh, but you do say to somebody when they're late. You do ask them about it when they're late. And actually, I had a little mini coaching session with somebody helping them work out how to say to a member of staff that they were late. Oh, I love that. And, and in fact, that would apply, that would apply right across the board. If we say you were like myself, just you as the business owner, and you get those, you, you find yourself very easily falling into the people pleasing trap, oh, yes. don't you? Oh, yes. Because you're so yes. worried that you're going to say the wrong thing. And, and you've got a blinking, annoying client who isn't turning up when they say they will you know you're booking zoom sessions in and they're not there or you've booked a one-to-one face-to-face and they're half an hour late and you you know what would you do you just oh, it's fine everything's fine everything's fine i mean and then you feel stupid and actually you're probably 
you're probably not coming across as very professional to the other and what's happening then of course is that you know deep inside us the resentment is building you know against the person but also that that whole questioning of ourselves you know oh gosh do they don't think i'm good enough do they not? i mean how quickly you know we can fall into that spiral and go down there and we're having a conversation with ourselves about how useless we are and how terrible it is and how awful things are and we've gone there without even realizing we're actually if we deal with what's in front of us if we use my example there from earlier this person is late then you say to somebody i notice that you've been late yeah. is there something going on is there something happening you, you know that doesn't mean you're terrible mannered an awful person doesn't mean you're upsetting them doesn't mean any of those sorts of things that we attach all this huge meaning to yeah this is the thing we something has tipped to, I'm, i i mean historically maybe this always was the case but it feels like we've tipped into this very treading on glass kind of um place i i, I agree with you I, I think it's one of the nearly like a myth of management you know because we see this stuff out there all the time don't we and, and all the best leadership gurus and everything will say all the things about you know treat people really well and they will do more for you and be positive and everything will work out and you know all of those things i'm not saying that there isn't truth in those there is absolutely but the world is you know much more nuanced and much more complicated than that and one of the things that can happen let's say the, the person i was talking about that that was a, a family business and the owner of the business was a uh, is a very charismatic man and has a great standing in the community uh you know gets on re really well with people so he goes around the business saying things to people like oh you know you're doing a great job there and you're doing this there and people respond to him in that way so he's teaching his managers or he's telling his managers that's how you manage but they're not him they don't have his standing in the community uh, they aren't the owner of the business they don't have that charisma about them. They're still really good, decent, great people getting on with the job. But they've taken that lesson that somehow, if they say to a member of staff, you're late, that they're criticizing them, that they're being negative, and that it's all going to come back to them, and it proves that they're not very good. What yeah. a burden. What a mm. terrible burden that we sometimes take on. Yeah. You know, without saying, okay, well, how am I going to deal with this? Yeah. What's best way that i can manage this yeah it's, it's interesting actually i did um i did a training recently and it was customer services team and they they have had a sort of instruction from on high that really on the on the at the coal face didn't make any sense mm. yeah. it really didn't and they were like you could see the sense of joy and relief when i almost rather rebelliously said no that's yeah. that's not going to work and and i obviously had to be very diplomatic because i was being paid by the company um but I, I said no i can see a part of that i can understand a part of that theory but for you let's deconstruct that how does that yeah <laughs> exactly the same thing then Tisha, about actually saying to somebody well what this means on the ground is and what this means in the day-to-day -day. because otherwise those individuals, manager level, customer service level, are left with that awful tension, that awful dilemma between, well, I'm supposed to do it this way, but actually it also means then that I'm not performing, that I'm not, you know, I'm not doing what I need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's actually deconstructing is a great word for it, where I can say to that manager, yes, be really positive with people, but also you hold them accountable. So you 
say in a really ordinary voice, in a nice way, you say to somebody, I noticed that you've been hired. Is there something going on? Is there, do we need to do something about that? And you're giving them responsibility. But yet then you can state the expectations. Well, you know, you start at nine, and so you need to be in for nine. Yeah. I mean, that's not negative that, or horrible yeah. or de de demeaning the person or any of those sorts of things. It's, you know, yeah. being real, stating the facts. And you can do that. I think that, um, yeah, and, and setting boundaries is actually something that people want. And, and I think, and I mean, I'm guilty as a mother, for instance, but I mean, this goes back to the 80s. And so therefore, I think I can just excuse everything I ever did. But um, I just, I, I really didn't like being terribly strict. And I didn't like setting boundaries that much it really I really struggled with it and that probably goes back to my childhood and I was trying to reverse the thing but you know I I realize in hindsight how much people actually kind of crave that well they crave clarity and boundaries. oh absolutely you're speaking my language there I mean I quite often say to managers who are in that situation or business owners anybody who's in that situation where um they're kind of talking about things like people are crying out to be led they are crying out to be led and that is about clear expectations that is that and I, what i say all the time is state the obvious now a lot of people say things to me like well, i can't say that you know customer service is a priority and that's how we do it and customer comes first and we've got all these slogans and we've all these kinds of things and then you say okay so if i'm at the desk and customer comes first, do I leave the desk to carry the things out to their car or do I not? Is that customer comes first or is that leaving the desk and you're not supposed to do? You know, so it's all those conflicting things and we don't set out what that means, you know, uh, and, and we have that bit where we presume, I mean, as, you know, it's almost like our default, isn't it? We presume that everybody thinks the same way as we do. Oh, so yeah. I say to business owners or managers, well, you need to let the person know that they go, but it's obvious it's going to be patronizing if I say it. No, it's not. Yeah. Which, bring, which brings us on. Yeah, I, I, th that is brilliant. And I think everybody just re-listened to all that because there's some really good nuggets in there. And it actually brings us to, um, because you're kind of talking about the, 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 what then needs to happen in the qualities of a, what you call a real conversation and what and, and that includes the clarity and the listening and and all of, and the relevance and all of those things so so let's let's dig down because listeners you're going to love this it's it's a it's an acronym <laughs> we, we love a good acronym but this earlier but i but i love this because it's one, one of those acronyms that isn't just um trying to be clever for the sake of it it's perfectly um useful for describing how to go about having a real conversation. So um, it's got uh, R E A L. Let's start with R. <laughs> so, like Sesame Street. I think now. Just that in, in some ways, the kind of real was a word by itself because mm. my experience had been that in the workplace, certainly in business, but actually in lots of areas of life, we have a lot of false conversations. <laughs> We have a lot of conversations where we aren't being true to what we're saying. So the real came first and then was thinking, well, what are the elements of that? So relevant is the first bit. And what we've often seen, you know, all of us is that 
around the houses conversation where we don't actually we don't get to the purpose we don't get to the, what it is we're really talking about so relevant is it relevant first of all what am i saying to this person uh, what's the need of it what's the point of it what's the purpose so i would say that we should be able to stay in any communication whether it's um speaking face to face or by email you know really important as well and um, the purpose of this is now it doesn't have to sound as formal as that but today we're going to talk about or i'd like to speak to you about or i want our conversation to be about yeah I like that as opposed to the well you know the way we're having a big change match <laughs> you know the way so and so left and you know the way um you know she's now acting up in that position uh, or you know the way i'm under a lot of pressure with work and i really need and you know by which stage the person in front of you is nodding away uh, but actually they don't know it's not relevant you haven't made what you're saying relevant to them yeah oh yeah that is brilliant and in fact that would that could apply i love your email um nod because because back in the olden days we always used to put re re at the top yes 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 yeah memo regarding yeah i mean of course we've got the subject line but who actually looks at the subject so so in a way that's really good advice to because again we're all i think we've all gone a bit soft and and weird about all that sort of how are you doing and oh, <laughs> I had one of my ranting posts on LinkedIn last last week, week before about that because I, I I was working with separately two really really smart women who were dealing with um, you know self-employed had been asked to do a contract on something all of that kind of thing and uh, were trying to work out the details of it and we you know had a clarity session let's get really clear what you want let's get clear what it is you're asking for let's get clear, all of those things we did all that work. And I always now, having learned my lesson, I always now say, and now send me what you're going to send to the person. So usually it then goes back, I go into teacher mode and it goes back with lots of red lines or lots of things through it. This one, the most recent one just got completely rewritten because it was, um, how are you? I really enjoyed our discussion. I hope you had a good Christmas. Can I take this opportunity to wish you a happy new year? And you know, wow, okay get to the point <laughs> it is you know that we don't have to be quite so nice and i'm putting that in inverted commas because we at times the kind of overly polite over niceness thing is is it gets in the way i this is a real this is one of my um little achilles heels i think <laughs> one of them i've got a few but this is one i i <laughs> You know, I overuse emojis and exclamation marks. There we go. I mean, that says a lot, I guess. Um, and I do... An exclamation mark and brackets would be my ones, yes. Okay. Yeah. I just, because I'm so much a face-to-face -face kind of communicator, I suppose, I just, yeah, in the written word, I do, in my head, I'm thinking, How's, what's the mood, what's the vibe that's coming out of, out of here what's it? and then I looked at it and think, oh that sounds really cold and oh sort of ultra kind of businessy um, and there's none of my personality in there and they're going to think oh she thinks she is this is all a load of rubbish Regina but this is what <laughs> but it's I very, know very, I won't be alone in this that's no, why I'm bringing very, it up very, very, so how do we get through that and I, I think it is that bit about 
you know, editing it really, or, or recognizing that, let's say in that example I was using there, that the person receiving that email, you know, wants to know whether the business is mm. going to happen, wants to know the terms of reference, and wants to know, can we get on with it? And when they have to spend the time going through the other clutter, mm. I, I'm not against, most of my emails all say at the end, all the best, or thanks, or whatever mm. it is. And I do genuinely feel that when I'm sending it, you know, that wanting to make that connection with people. But I'm recognizing that getting to the point, mm. um, you can still be polite and get to the point. Mm. I'm going to try. I'm I'm going to try that out later, Regina. Actually, because I I need to email someone, and I'm thinking I don't fall into that trap that you do that thing, Tricia. Especially with the Happy New Year thing, I think I've had way enough of that by now. Uh, so, listeners, it's the fifteenth uh, of January. Um, so here we go. Uh, that's relevant. Brilliant. Engaging his. The thing about this is that it sounds so obvious and yet as we said at the beginning how often do you actually see this taking place in meetings in you know in all all of your in I don't know even even networking conversations you know yeah. which although they've got a more informal nature to them you still want you still want these things especially this one obviously engaging well engaging and authentic perhaps we could sort of take those sure, together absolutely yeah, absolutely and engaging is about being present you know, that is what that is. It's about being present. And we use far too many excuses not to be present, you know. And, I mean, I've learned my own lessons with all of these. Trisha, and I think for me, the engaging one, one of my things was that I love conversations. And certainly when I was a, let's say I was a director in a company and I would do regular meetings and one-to-ones with people and things like that. And they would always run over because, oh, I love to talk. And once I get going, I really want to know and very, very engaged in lots of ways. So let's say I'm very engaged in this conversation with you. Yeah. However, if I have another meeting in, an, in a half an hour's time and this runs over and I then I'm rushed, I don't prepare, I don't do those sorts of things quite so well and I turn up, I'm already not engaged. I'm already giving that person the message that they're not that important. Now, I might make up for that by then running over with that conversation. But it is that bit about engages, about being present. And so it's on all kinds of levels. For me, a big lesson about that was about being there on time and prepared. And prepared might only be two minutes, but in order to be engaged, I need to go, I am going to be talking to Mary Jo this afternoon. So I'm going to be talking to Mary Jo. What is it about Mary Jo that she needs to hear? What am I doing? (sighs) Deep breath. And actually, then I'm engaged. Yeah, exactly. Her as a person, not with all the other things that are happening in my life and I'm busy here and I'm doing this and phone's ringing and none of that happens because I'm engaged in that conversation for as long as it might be. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, Like me preparing for this podcast interview. You know, I was here, sat here, quarter of an hour before, made sure everything was, all the techie stuff was set up properly, my notepad. Um, I'd done all my research on you. I did it again, made some notes, you know, so I you know, took the doorbell out of the plug thing. Um, and <laughs> just, that's it. I'm here. I'm nowhere else. I'm here. And that's hopefully that's listeners, why you can sense the quality of this conversation. Um, it's so, similarly, I did my things, all my phones are switched off, yeah. notifications are switched off. Here's my little note of things I might want to say. Yeah. Here's my pen and paper. 
in front of me and what is it about and I listen to some of your podcasts you know so that that is about saying my engagement with you is important yes and this is how I'm going to do it exactly it is about that and so the authentic putting the authentic in with that you know again that's become one of the buzzwords kind of about you know so I struggle a lot of the time sometimes with when things become this buzz because it is about being yourself and to my mind, it is a lot of the time, certainly in workplaces or corporate or business. Yeah, it actually happens everywhere, doesn't it? That we kind of take on this persona. We, you know, so I need to speak in HR language. Yep. And I need to talk to you about um, how you may not be arriving at your QPRs before your GGOs, before <laughs> you, you know, add all of that in. Whereas actually the authentic bit would be said to somebody, gosh, things aren't going well, are they? You know, uh, what's yeah. happening? Yes. Instead of that, the preparations, I have my evidence all lined up so I can say, you're, you know. Now, there's a place for the formality. There's a yeah. place for it. I'm, I'm not saying there isn't. But certainly what I see in workplaces is that a lot of the time it ends up at the formal HR, grievance, disciplinary, all of those sorts of things because there wasn't a real conversation that I want to understand. I, th I think when I, when I look back to one of the first jobs I had in a sort of big um, company, which was a big advertising agency, this is back in the early 80s, so it was quite buzzy. Um, I, I remember sitting in on meetings. I was junior. I was a junior account exec with not really a proper job title. I just landed there. Um, and anyway, I remember these meetings. And I, I now, in hindsight, realize why I felt so uncomfortable in these meetings. It was because I didn't feel that I was a, I was a woman in the early 80s. Hello. I didn't feel I was young. Um, I just didn't feel I had a voice anyway that, I, that, that they wanted to listen to any of my opinions. Uh, I, that, there was an element of imposter syndrome going on there and all the rest of it. But also I was listening to what I thought was a load of <laughs> bollocks to be honest. <laughs> and and, I, and I, part of my brain I now realise was reacting against that, thinking well, there's no point in me saying anything because I can't use these these words they're using and we're you know about putting it up the flagpole of whatever the heck we're doing here the perrier water needs replacing so i went and did that um but you know i i kind of i really did grow up in an era where it's not this isn't a recent thing this this whole buzzword thing oh completely not, yeah. not at all not at all and i think it is that thing you know i quite often say to people where's the verbs in that sentence you know <laughs> where's the <laughs> you know how do we launch from one set of words to another where actually and you know considering you've already used bollocks i can say where we're baffling with bullshit you know i often say well, you're just trying to baffle with bullshit you know and um, you don't mean to but you do so if you're a business owner or a manager or whatever it is you're dealing with a whole host of things and you you almost get a bit used to that conversation you know you absolutely have to not have that conversation with somebody else yeah. you know so when i was managing big services and doing things, I always tried to have the picture of the person who was the furthest away from me, the furthest away from the center of the power or whatever it was, who worked part-time, you know, could I communicate what I wanted to say to her? Now, not in any downgraded way, but actually that whole thing, it's a bit like what people say, can you make this simple for a six-year-old? It's not because you need to downgrade it, it's actually because you need to simplify it and cut out the bullshit. 
And I think um, to a lot of us, myself included, um, working on things like your website. <laughs> oh, gee. The yeah. website, you know, it's a, it, honestly, oh, yeah. I know it's a nightmare. It's, it's a dystopian nightmare. You're up at four o'clock in the morning, absolutely sweating over three words, you know. Um, oh, for goodness sakes. So basically try and do, yeah, try and do things like their normal conversations. I, I think even talking into your voice recorder yes. just in a flow of talk and then playing it back and thinking, oh yeah, this is normal talk. And, and within there, there's actually a great sentence that, that worked. Yeah. And the other thing then is you're speaking in your normal voice. Yeah. Because one of the things that, we, you know, if we need to have a conversation that challenges us or that we find tricky because we have to bring up, you know, a difficult issue, for example, we tend to go into a non-ordinary voice. We tend to go into kind of schoolmaster or schoolmom type voices. You know, mm. so that quite often a few people are gearing themselves with this one big conversation mm. that you have with people, you know, and they get all kind of, you know, ramrod back, head back, you know, worked out exactly what I'm going to say, and we'll speak to you in tripped tones about how you happen to be meeting your, you know, yeah. so actually we lose our humanness again then. The authentic way goes because we've prepared for it in this kind of way, we stop using our own voice. And it's just how to normalize, whether it is something for your website or it's a tricky conversation you need to have with somebody, say it. You know, I, I sometimes help people prepare for interviews and things. Don't go in and think you're going to say something in an interview setting that you haven't said outside of it because your brain's going to go, what are you talking about? Oh my goodness. And it, you know, mm. it sets up all kinds of things. But we need to just talk these things. We need to say them out loud. Mm. sometimes to hear how ridiculous we sound mm. um, and also to sound how unnatural we sound and how inauthentic we can sound yeah absolutely it's a it's a practice i recommend all the time and do myself and i mean this last one is 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 a huge huge big one which of course we could do an entire podcast episode on but listening yeah. um yeah, let's just take the example, say, of a one-to-one, a one-to-one. So you're there, you're meeting with a, a potential client. Um, wonderful. You're, this is exciting. Um, you sit down, you've got the coffees, you're sat at the table. Um, this is the big one, isn't it? Listening. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of, of um, examples out there, the five levels of listening, the different levels, all of those sorts of things. But listening is about really paying attention to the person and certainly if we use that example you know with that client or potentially with the client it's listening for what's below the surface what you know what is it and, and I think particularly actually if you're meeting with somebody potentially for business let's say and they say you know we really want a super duper singing dancing whatever it is and you're sitting there going I can't do that but I just keep writing it down and you know, so rather than saying, well, tell me more about that. What, were the, what is it that you really want to achieve? What is it that you wanted to look like, feel like? What, what you, you know, and I, I was very lucky to I learned a lot of this. I worked in human services, um, services for people with um, intellectual disabilities, mental health, homeless people. And we did a lot of work, let's say, around kind of person-centered, how to be person, how to focus on the person in front of you. And you could have somebody... Um, you know, with a, a, a disability in a way, kind of saying something like, I want to be a fireman, you know, mm -hmm. I want to be a fireman. And, you know, so you can immediately do, well, that's not possible. But actually, when you say, well, what is it about that? Tell me what it is. And actually, what you get to, mm -hmm. and actually, this is a real example that's coming to me, um, 
is as somebody who you know wanted it and it was because they'd had all these images of uh, the fireman and i'll go with the fireman climbing up the tree and rescuing a cat you know and that was what they saw and that was what they, they really wanted that but when you go below that well, so what's that about where well, they loved cats and what is it that they really wanted to do what is it about they really want but all of their hopes and dreams and desires in that moment was all focused on if I was a fireman, I would get to rescue cats. And if all we were hearing as service providers was, this person wants to be a fireman and they can't be a fireman, oh my God, we're not going to be able to do what we want. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, what are we going to do? Or else you ask the questions below and then that person went and worked in a, in a rescue shelter <gasps> one afternoon a week doing some voluntary work with cats and that was transformative that you, you know so sorry i've gone back to my original roots of where you know i come from a kind of social care human services background and i learned so much about how you listen way way below the surface we and actually oh regina you know, no, that, that, that this isn't this is another episode actually because i would have loved to quiz you about you your work that you did i, I people see various things if they look properly if they look properly on your, <laughs> on your linkedin i've gone into teacher mode myself now now come along listeners do your work properly um because yeah i too learned a lot from working with people with dementia and uh, in terms of listening gee oh my gosh listening below the below the levels and into the vibes and everywhere and you see people think it's people then it's easy it's easy to Dismiss it, dismiss it might be a harsh word to use, but it is easy to dismiss it that you need to be a, a counsellor or a specialist mm. or a, you know, mm. and you don't, you have yeah. to bring yourself. And actually in difficult conversations or in something where people are upset or anything like that, you know, because a lot of people don't want to have, let's say conversations with members of staff where they think they're going to be upset or something as if that's the worst possible thing. How do I say this without upsetting them? You know, people are going to be upset. You, you just wait it out, you just said you are, if you don't know what to say, guess what? It's okay to say, I don't really know what to say. Oh, what a brilliant place to end. Because I don't want to end. So you, <laughs> I'm going to make myself end. And um, because of everything we said at the beginning of this conversation <laughs> about, you know, clarity, expectations, <laughs> maybe going off to another meeting, put, you know, all of these things, giving ourselves space. So uh, this is way too fascinating to end. So what will happen is that you'll, you'll come back at some stage, I hope because um, right just briefly and i wanted to ask you more about your whole life story and everything wait, wait come back come back meanwhile people connect with you best by going where linkedin probably regina yeah. Byrne, regina Byrne coaching um i do have a website there you know you you probably are more researched on it now than i am updated on it so reginaburncoaching.com um and linkedin and i am on facebook as well i don't use that quite so much but uh, i do really enjoy connecting with people on linkedin so i'd be delighted to hear from anybody yes linkedin's a great connecting place space so uh regina Byrne, this has been an absolute delight i'll put all those links obviously um out with the podcast and you'll come back and we'll keep talking via oh. linkedin or wherever else or maybe i'll just come to ireland one day oh fantastic yes don't talk we'll need another visit from you absolutely <laughs> award-winning <laughs> thanks regina bye-bye for now Thanks a million, Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. 
Just make sure you are using normal words and your normal voice. Even when you're going into difficult or challenging conversations, just check that you haven't suddenly become somebody else. And if you don't know how to say something, tell the person you don't know how to say it. And the other thing is, try that trick with the emails. (laughs) Try getting to the point quicker and realising you can still do it and have your lovely warm personality shine through at the same time. lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never be.